the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. And I'm just, oh man, I just, I'm so thankful. You know, in the Bible, it talks about, in all things, give thanks. And even in our crisis, even in our circumstances where we just, we're not sure what's going to happen next. We're not sure if justice is going to be served. We're not sure if if, uh, that person's going to come through or if the forgiveness is going to happen or if grace is going to show up. We just don't know everything, do we? But that's okay because we, there are certain things that we are sure of. And one thing that I am sure of and um, anybody that has uh, had a relationship with the Lord and you've gone through some trials and tribulations is that our God is a God of second chances and maybe thirds, <laughs> even fourths at time. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today is about that. Um, we all need that. It gives us hope when we're feeling hopeless and it gives us help when we're not sure what to do next. So thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show. Um, if you'd like to go on to the website, I would welcome you to do that. How do you do that, you ask? You go to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. And when you go there, there are so many things there. Uh, that website has been created for you uh, to give help and a hope and encouragement, inspiration, and you know, just really tools that can be used, such as the I Ams. Three pages, they're free. You can go there and download them and, and read those because I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, there's been people that have, that have spoke into my life that were speaking something different than what the Lord would say about me. Because see, our God created us for a purpose and he created us with something special in mind. Because he loves us. He values us. He sent his only son to die in our place. Boy, if that isn't sacrificial, I don't know what is. So with all that and knowing all of that, it gives me, and I'm hoping it gives you, the opportunity to receive what he wants you to have and for you to hear him and what he says about you, that you're victorious, that you're an ambassador for Christ, that you can do all things through him who strengthens you. Boy, those things have given me so much strength and power when I felt powerless. Have you ever felt powerless? Have you ever felt like you just didn't know how you were going to get through the next minute, let let alone the next day or the, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know. And sometimes our choices haven't been the best. Sometimes we have not made the right choices. And then other times it's been not your fault at all, but bad things happen to good people. With all that being said, Just know that our God, what he says about you, the I am's that you can download would be very helpful for anybody and everybody at any time, because we need to strengthen ourselves by our words and our 
our brain hears our words spoken through our lips with our voice much better and deeper than if somebody else is saying things. So just know that, that it's, it's uh, a process. And uh, what he says in the Bible is that you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many of you out there believe that maybe there's something that could change in your belief system about you or about others that could make this world or make your life a little, little better? Because sometimes the just tiniest little switch can change so many things in our life. The tiniest of changes. Remember that God is a God of many opportunities, and he so is, and my life has, is proof of that. Things that have, been, that have happened in my past, just like yours, you have a story, we all do, but our lives are life lessons, okay, and it's whether we want to learn from them or not. But God has a long history of offering second and third chances, Romans 6, 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who die to sin still live in it? How many of you feel like you've changed courses and you still fall short? You know, you say, oh, I'm not going to cuss anymore. I'm not going to use that. You know what word? Or I'm not going to do whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you find yourself, you did it again. I know I'm guilty as charged. And he says in the word, he says that all of us will fall short of his glory, of the glory of God. We will all fall short of the glory of God. That's where grace comes in. And he loves us no matter what. Whew, that's so good. I'm so glad. God cannot be presumed to offer continual chances. Sometimes God stops giving opportunities. Hmm. Sometimes God gives another opportunity, but it's not the same opportunity. Has that ever happened to you? Sometimes God gives another opportunity, but it's not without consequences. So we suffer the consequences of our choices, and we reap the reward of our choices when they're good ones. And I, something that I remind myself of all the time is out of obedience comes blessings. Would you like blessings out there? Is that something that you desire is to be blessed? Boy, I definitely want to be blessed. And I know that in order to do that, I need to be obedient. But then how do you be obedient if you don't know what obedience looks like? Like, you know, what is God saying? What is he telling us to do? The rule book of life is the Bible. And everything is in there. You just need to know where to look. And sometimes that's difficult but not impossible. Jonah 1.1.2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh and great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. Now Jonah, that's the one where the well, right, where Jonah gets gobbled up by the well. Because there is important ministry to occur, we must obey God's assignment. Something Sue Free says, and I'm not the only one that says it, but it's something that has really resonated with me, is that God is uh, preparing me for my next assignment. Whatever I'm going through right now, he's preparing me as he's preparing you for your next assignment. But we have to obey and we need to understand what it is he's trying to accomplish in us in order for us to make that next move we have to understand what obedience looks like and what, what, it, what it is to obey him. What is it he wants from us? And all of that is in his word. Are you uh, going through a trying time right now? 
do you feel like you failed? Do you feel like you made a wrong choice and now you don't know how to make that wrong choice the right choice? Choosing to accept God's grace, grace in Christ. You know, um, the acronym, I love acronyms, do you? And grace, the acronym for grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. He died on the cross for who? You. And it's so wonderful to understand that. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of what, of your works, what you've done, so that no one can boast. So what he's saying is you can't work your way into it. Grace is given. It's freely given. Romans 2, 4, or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. I, I talk to people that are not saved, and that might be you right now. And when I ask them, you know, where do you go when you die? And they give me an answer. Because I think that's an understanding. It's like, you know, what happens when you die? Um, and I get all kinds of different answers. When I do that, I'll say, well, you know, do you, do you know who God is? And, you know, do, have you ever heard about Jesus? And those types of things, I'll ask those questions. And they'll say, well, you know, I need to clean my act up. I need to stop smoking dope. I need to stop drinking. I need to stop cussing before I receive what God has for me. I feel like I need to get my act together. Let me just tell you if that's you, that, that is a lie. You don't need to do that. Because what he's saying is that he will lead you to repentance. So the first thing is he he is a gentleman. He's not going to, you know, uh, put his hands down, grab you from the earth, and shake you and say, you need to love me, you need to receive me. He gave us freedom of choice, and he did that because he wanted it to be your choice to choose him. And for those of you that are on the fence, or those of you that have received him a long time ago, but then you've strayed, you've decided to go another direction, just understand he's, he's still there, he's watching over you, and he's saddened if you're not following the way he would want you to go, because he has a purpose for you. I have so many people that I come in contact with that feel so lost inside their spirit. They just feel lost. They don't have a reason, really, to keep going. And let me just tell you, there is a reason to keep going. I had a young lady at my house this weekend. And, you know, just everything that could be painful, hurtful, just tear her down to where she feels like maybe I, I know how I would feel. I'm like, it's not worth it's not worth continuing. I would I would have those thoughts go through my mind. But until we get a hold of the purpose that God created us for, until we understand that it's so much bigger than we are, we could get lost in that moment. We could lose sight of what God has for us. And I'm just hoping, praying, and speaking that he loves you and he desires you to choose him over everything that's going on, all your circumstances. He is there and he wants you. He wants all of you. He wants your heart. There is a hole. There's a space in your heart that we keep trying to fill some other way. Let me buy a car. Let me do this. Let me get in a new relationship. Let's, let me just be busy so I don't have to feel. Let me just feel that with something other than God. And I can tell you that nothing can really fill you up more than his Holy Spirit, than God himself. And until we come to that understanding, 
Sometimes we have to get to the lowest of lows, and it's too bad. But sometimes that's what has to happen. I mean, look, I, I think about Tamlin. I think about the, the football game and how we're not supposed to kneel and we're not supposed to, you know, do these things. And all of a sudden, what did everybody do when this, this young football player, whole world, whole life ahead of him, goes down and stops breathing? An athlete. And what does everybody do? They can't do anything else but do one thing. Look up, reach up, pray up, and put it in God's hands. It was amazing. It was amazing. But everybody forgot about everything else that's going on in the world at that moment. That moment, there was nothing else that mattered but putting all of our heart, all of our prayers, all of our everything into this man and his life. And God appeared. God was there. God was everywhere. And it was pretty amazing. And he talks about it now. And it's, it's going to be amazing to see what happens next and next and next in that gentleman's life. But what an amazing scene that was. Wasn't it? For those of you that saw it, I watched it myself. And I was amazed. And they canceled the football game. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the spectators. It wasn't about the game. It wasn't about money lost. It was about this person and life at the core, life. So we have our body life and we have our spiritual life. Take a temperature on how you're doing. How's your health and how's your spiritual walk? And at the grand scheme of things, if you narrow it down to that, because money can't buy health and money can't buy salvation, it's a free gift. And health is something we need to pay attention to. He says to take care of our temple, and your body is your temple. So are you choosing to pray? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Good works, we would walk in them. And number the C on this is just choosing to pray. Get in sync with the Lord first thing each day. This is the rule book here, right? God is always at work and invites us to join him in what he is doing in the lives of others. The problem is that many of us are not tuned in to sense his leading. A great way to get in sync with the Lord is to begin each day saturating our minds with his word. Basking in his presence in worship, communicating with him in prayer, doing this will get us on the same frequency as the Lord in the following ways it will do these things. Are you ready? Prioritize God's agenda in our minds. Align our hearts with God's heart for others. Open our eyes to the opportunities around us. Sharpen our sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. Provide boldness that flows from our joy in the Lord. Boldness that flows from our joy in the Lord. Joy doesn't come from our circumstances. Happy does. Happy is from happenings. I learned that a long time ago. You buy a car, you know, you smell that inside of the car. It's that new car smell, and it's so exciting because you've been saving up for this car, and it's just so wonderful learning how to use all of the things. I still don't know how to use half the things in my car. But that smell does go away, doesn't it? And the newness of that car will fade. So its happiness is from happenings. But the, the Lord doesn't talk about happy, does he? He talks about the joy of the Lord be your strength. The fruit of the Lord. Joy is in the giving. It's not in the receiving. It's in the giving. 
address sin in your life ASAP. Address the sin in your life. Do you know what sin is in your life? I'm sure you do. You know, sometimes we have these two little voices, one on this side of the, you know, this shoulder and one on the other shoulder and one saying this, that's good. And then the other one's like, nah, you don't have to worry about that. You know, go ahead and do it. You know, it's okay. You know, self-gratification, that's what, what it's about, right? It's not, it's not delayed gratification. It's self-gratification. Sin dulls us to the things of God, including opportunities to share about him. It turns our attention inward, causing spiritual nearsightedness where we only focus on ourselves. The solution is found in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession is not a once-a-day event, but a continual process throughout our day. If we want to clearly see the opportunities God gives, we need to confess the sins that disrupt our fellowship with him. We, were all, we will all fall short of the glory of God, and how do we do that? By sinning. And it could be a simple thing as, you know, having vulgar words come out of your mouth. It, that's a simple thing, but it's not really. Who are we affecting? Who's in earshot of those words that are flying out of your mouth? I have friends that, you know, they, they have truck driver mouths, okay? And that's just them, okay? But I have to tell you, they love me enough that when we're, they're in my presence, they, they really curve their words, and so I know it's possible that they could do that full time if they wanted to. And that's up to them. I don't judge them. I love them. And I do love them. Some of them are the most loving, kind friends that I have. But I know that they love me enough to respect me and care enough about my ears bleeding that they really cut back on the words that they would usually choose to use. And I know that being around me, that, that it is an effect to them and I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. I totally am. Pay attention. Sometimes we miss opportunities simply because they are not top of mind. First Peter one thirteen says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, focus on what will matter in the long run. Do you ever ask yourself, will this matter 10 days from now? Will this matter a year from now? You know, this decision that I'm making, this stress that I'm feeling right now, is it going to matter in the long scheme of things? Is it going to really matter? It really changes the, the power in our worry, our stress, or in our decision-making power. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I, I texted a, a friend of mine, and I was telling this person all about all the things on my head that I need it felt like everything was a priority and everything was urgent. Have you ever had that where everything has equal right as far as get, trying to get it done? And it's just way too much for one person to handle. And it's too much to get done in a day. And I felt like it needed to all get done in one day. And this person says, you know, I'm going to reach you after business hours so that we can discuss. You do have a lot on your plate. Very kind words. You know, yes, you do. Acknowledging that, yes, I do have a lot on my plate. And this person said, I will contact you after hours. And then after hours came... And this person says, I'm really sorry I have to reschedule because my friend just took their life. And I'm sitting there thinking about all the things I, you know, vomited out, you know, on this text. And then when I think about all of that stuff, even though it is, it is crucial, it's important, it's priority and urgent amongst this thing that's happening on this other side with this other person. And there was nothing I could say. I just felt so like <laughs> my problems are so little compared to 
what what's happening over on this side. Do you know what I'm saying? And maybe this is a message to you, too, is that no matter how bad you have it, there is somebody out there that has it a lot worse. And just realize that, okay? It's not all about me. It's not all about you. It's being there for other people. And, and what it's saying is to prepare our minds for action, meaning that we have to be prepared for being ready for uh, how we can serve, how we can help other people. So when I got that message, I was not feeling well, and I was kind of half-dazed because I was already, like, uh, trying to go to sleep. I thought, I can't answer this right now. So I just let it lay. And the next morning, all I could do was tell this person that I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for these people. And I did. Right then and there, I stopped everything I was doing. And if I say I'm going to pray, I do right then and there because I might forget if I don't do it right then and there. So I just pray. When I say I'm going to pray, I pray. And I did. And it felt really good to pray for somebody else in the midst of everything I'm going through. And the message is not about me right now. It's about could this fit into what you're going through? Is this something that you could take away and say, you know what? I need to do more of that. And that's what uh, I do this for. It's not anything to do with me, really, other than it's lessons I'm learning and I'm sharing with you on how we can be better people. Um, In other words, focus on what will matter in the long run, including sharing the hope of Christ with others. A great way to do this is to set goals. For example, this week, I'm going to talk to three people about Christ. Opportunities are much more evident when we are looking for them. Increase your margin. Sometimes we don't take advantage of opportunities or pursue them because we don't have the time. We are tempted to fill schedules to full. There is little margin for extra. If this is you, perform a calendar audit to make room for unexpected opportunities. Oh, man, I got to do that. That is so good. The key is what to take out of your schedule. Another strategy is to limit the time you spend on your phone. A noted poet said it best. Things that matter most must never be at the mercy of things that matter least. Oh, that's so good, and that's so me right now. I'm on my phone way way too much, doing uh, emails, Facebook, texting, just trying to keep up with everything, right? Could that be you too? Focus on others. This is a good one. As you go about your day, make others a priority, even when you are busy. Sometimes small gestures can turn into large opportunities. Extending a smile might initiate a conversation. A random act of kindness might start a friendship. A listening ear might establish trust. Ask yourself, How do you like to be treated by others? Then put into practice with others what you write down concerning yourself. Don't let a missed opportunity keep you from the next opportunity. Look for those opportunities. Just ask the Lord to reveal them to you and just be ready. Be ready for what comes your way. It's amazing what happens. Sometimes we may miss an opportunity to share the gospel, then kick ourselves for missing that might have been. However, if we dwell too long on what might have been, we can miss out on what is happening now. If that happens to you, ask the Lord to teach you what you need to know about that missed opportunity. Then move on to the next one. As entrepreneur Richard Branson points out, opportunities are like buses. There is always another one coming. Boy, did I need to hear that. Regarding opportunities, Paul sums it up best in Ephesians 5, 16, 7. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. In other words, focus on the Lord and the assignments he brings your way where you can make a difference in the lives of others. We will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. 
Judy. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS termitelady.com What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. If you'd like to sponsor, just get a hold of me by going to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com, and I'll help you through the process. Business owners out there, sometimes you just don't know if this is a good way to do it, and I am inexpensive compared to the norm. You can try it out with me, and then if it works, which it will, um, what we'll do is I'll connect you to the rep uh, for any station you want to be on because uh, this station, this show, goes from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, all the way up there. And so any arena from the coast, from San Diego and Inland Empire, so you know, Orange County, L.A., San Diego, Oxnard, Ventura, Santa Barbara, uh, the Inland Empire, and up north. I'm missing. Oh, Anaheim, Orange County, yes. Um, so just know that I'm here and I can help you out with that. Get in contact with me. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one more dot com. And thank you again for uh, E. Cola for sponsoring this show. And if, listen, if you know somebody or if you are looking for a new career, E. Cola is hiring, but we only want the best of the best. We can train the skill. We cannot train the attitude. So you come with a good attitude and we'll teach you the rest. And uh, I have people that have been with uh, E. Cola for, you know, uh, one year up to 30 years. So it's a wonderful opportunity, and it is a career, not a job. So um, get in contact with us. So I'm going to be talking on part two about the rewords. It's, it's, you know, we talk about second chances. You know, second chances is what God's all about. So there are a lot of rewords in the Bible, words like redemption, renew, repent, restore, resurrection, reconciliation, and regeneration show up over and over throughout the Bible, especially the New Testament. These rewords have to do with returning something, a person, a relationship, a project, a universe, to its original intended state. For example, the scripture uses a word 
like reconcile to describe how the relationship between God and people is made right again. But it also uses that word to describe what we are to be doing in our daily lives. We are reconciled to become reconcilers. <laughs> reconcilers. I think that's the way you say that. Second Corinthians five fourteen twenty one. And a word like redemption describes now how Christ paid for the sins of the world, but it also describes the already, not yet, state of all things, secured by Christ's resurrection and which will be realized when his kingdom comes in fullness to the earth. In other words, the most common rewords in scripture are more than just repetitive words used to assure us we are headed to heaven if we trust Christ. They are also summary words that describe the roles the church and individual Christians are to play in the overall story of the world. Rewords flesh out for us the personal and cosmic impact of the work of Christ. Through them, we learn more about who we are in Christ as well as the future of the cosmos. Making the most of every opportunity. Take an assessment of yourself. Do an inventory. Do you feel that daily, hourly, minute by minute, that you make the most of every moment, that you make the most of every opportunity? People say this about Sue Freeze. It's like, I don't know how you get it all done. They say that. They say you're so real. And yes, I try to be real because I don't try. I am real. I'm, I'm vulnerable. I'm transparent. And I do that because, I, you know, I am just a person that has gone through quite a bit. And the Lord's brought me through. And if I can help one other person realize that there is hope, as long as there is breath, there's hope. And if I can inspire, encourage people to realize that you have more to do than breathe air. You know, that, that happened to me when I was like, I think, 14. I was on the second story of my ha- my house, my, my bedroom in the middle, middle child. And I remember crying out to God saying, there's got to be more. Just tell me what to do. There's got to be more to my life than what I've been doing up to this point. God, please just show me what it is you want me to do and I will do it. Then I get married. And again, I'm telling him, there's got to be more than this. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. I wouldn't listen after that, though. See, I, I, I felt like I would take the wheel and I would just try to make it happen. You know, I'd try to fix everything. Being a middle child and being the peacemaker, I wanted to fix it and I wanted to keep the peace at my expense. Anybody relate to that? Can anybody relate to that? So each day that we wake up is a new opportunity to serve God. Nobody is promised tomorrow. Boy, isn't that the truth? As each hair on our head is numbered. Luke twelve seven. James, the half-brother of the Lord, gives us this charge. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Boy, that's making us seem like minuscule, doesn't it? But aren't we just like that? It's just like our life is gone. But what did we do with our life? What differences did we make? Whose lives did we impact? Whose lives did we change? These are questions I ask myself because I ask the Lord to let me feel like he feels. Let me see people through your eyes. Let me, let me speak with your words. Let me hear with your ears. I want to read between the lines. I want to really get into that spirit to say, what can I do to help? Is that you? Is the Lord speaking to you at that level? Is it deeper than that? Are you making a difference? I want to be prayered up. I want to be full of thanksgiving. I want to feel the joy of the Lord because of my thankfulness. 
so that I can be used for his glory, that I can be used for his impact. Because Sufri's is this vessel, an open vessel, I hope, that can be used for him. And if I can walk through this day and I can sense issues or people or things or see something in the spirit, then I want to be faithful in that commission to do something about it, to be prepared, to be ready, to do whatever. And it might be as simple as, you know what, you look like you need a hug right now. Can I give you a hug? It could be a smile. It could be, do you need someone to listen to you right now? Because sometimes people just need someone to listen. Don't give advice unless it's asked for. Just listen. We don't know what other people are going through, do we? We don't know. God does, but we don't. What are you going through right now? You know, if you could name your emotions, what are they? What are you feeling right now? What is it you want? If you could write out your own script, what is it you would want for your life? What do you see yourself doing? Because sometimes you can gather your purpose if you don't know what your purpose is. Our physical life here on earth is fleeting. Psalm eighty nine forty seven. Christians need to live in the truth that today, this very day, could be the last day of your life. And that is so true for anyone and everyone. This could be our last day. Our last breath could be right around the corner. And it's kind of scary to even say those things because there's been people on the air that have said these things, and that is exactly what happened. It's pretty spooky. So I don't like to say that. But the truth is, is that is the truth. I don't have a promise, nor do you, of tomorrow. We only have right now. Taking this truth to heart can help believers make the most of every opportunity and make their days count in service to God. Just like David, we can ask the Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom. Psalm ninety twelve. There are many ways Christians can make the most of every opportunity. Simple things throughout your day can be turned into opportunities for service to God. Being patient, kind, and caring for others are all ways to make the most of every opportunity. When others see the genuine love you have for God and other people, you will be a walking testimony of Jesus' love. A small act of genuine kindness, love, or compassion can go a long way for someone who is hurting or struggling in their life. This happened this weekend to me. I had a God appointment. Have you ever had one of those? A God appointment. I had a Jewish woman. I invited her over to my house. And, um, you know, she, a beautiful woman. She might be watching and listening right now. And if she is, you know, my heart is just with you. And I'm praying for you. And I know that um, God has this and God has her. I told her that. I took her to my church. And she loved it. And she felt like God the preacher, the pastor, was speaking directly to her like there was nobody else in the room. Have you ever done that where you've been somewhere and, oh, my gosh, is there anybody? I mean, it's speaking directly to me. And that's how she felt. And there were scriptures um, that were spoken over, and um, it was just a beautiful thing to watch her. So Ephesians 5.16, which is interesting, too, because Ephesians was the book that the pastor was talking about. And I was telling her that it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Because it talks about relationships, it talks about marriage, it talks about parenting, it talks about submission, you know, chapter five, oh, chapter five, huh. making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil, Ephesians five sixteen, And, you know, it talks about submission because I had a difficult time figuring out what that meant exactly. And it does not mean a doormat, does it? Uh, for a while there, I was thinking that's what it meant, but it really doesn't mean to be a doormat. 
And in the end of uh, the chapter five, it says, submit one to another. You know, it says, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, submit to your wives like Christ, you know, love the church. And then it says, uh, submit one to another. Because we are too, no matter what sex we are, no, no one, no, no matter what our roles are in life, is that we are here to submit one to another. And when we get that, when we put other people's needs and wants before our own, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, but if we do that, if we're putting the other person before ourselves and the other person's putting the other person <laughs> before themselves, boy, what a wonderful world this would be. Just think about that for a second. Wouldn't that be amazing to be selfless, to be selfless and to give to other person and the other person to be selfless and give back or front first or back? Um, is an amazing thing. Uh, Galatians 6.10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You're listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Go to the website. Connect with me there, please. Nobody reads, just me. Go there. Connect with me. Tell me what's going on. Tell me how this radio show, the golden nugget that you got, that you walked away from. Tell me tell me what's going on. Tell me how I can pray for you. Uh, all those things matter because to me, uh, the Sue Free Show is about the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. That is my show. That is the Sue Free Show is the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And life lessons just play through that. Um, God's teaching me something each and every day, sometimes moment by moment. And I have to be aware and open to receive what he has for me because search me and know me, O oh God. If there's any evil way, pluck it out. I want to change. I want to be better today than I was yesterday. How about you? Is that a goal you have for you? Luke fourteen sixteen twenty four. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Interesting. Think about that. Think about that. That's a big one. Second Peter three nine, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Is the Lord having to be really, really, really patient with you? Or are you quick to repent? What does repent mean? I had to look that one up. Repent means turn around, go the opposite direction of whatever you were doing. You're going to turn around and go the other way. You know, you, you can't just do a quarter of a turn and then go back and call that repentance because that doesn't work. You have to turn and go the other way. So think about what you're doing that God would call sin. And, and sin is not obedience, right? And what did I say on the first show, part one, I said, obedience, out of obedience comes blessings. How many want blessings? 
And sometimes it's delayed gratification, isn't it? And we're so used to getting gratified quickly. I want it and I want it my way. You know, I want it and I want it now. But the Lord doesn't work that way. And sometimes I'm like, are you even listening, God? Because I've said that to him, you know, because I feel like, well, where are you? You know, it's like, man, how long is it going to take? Because this little girl right here, Sue Freeze, has been very impatient, very impatient because I am a get it done person. Can anybody relate? I'm a get it done person at work. It's like, get it done, get it done. And, and God doesn't do that. He doesn't, he doesn't push us and get her done. He wants us to digest. He wants us to learn. He wants us to really understand the love of him and what it means to be followers of him. He, he really wants all of us, okay? And so where do I take that when I'm a leader and I'm an owner of a company, a president, a CEO? What do I do with that message to my employees, okay? 72 to 80 employees right now. We service seven different, well, I think about 10 counties and about seven offices. Lots of trucks out there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, you know, what, what, that lesson that I'm learning, how do I transfer that to um, teaching and coaching my staff? I have to be patient, but I have to help them understand the expectations. The Lord has expectations for us. He does. He wants us to do he, he wants us to live a righteous life. So then you have to define what that is. Now, there was a show I did a while ago, and boy, was it a good one for me. Because I wanted to know better. I wanted to know more about righteousness. I wanted to know what that, what that, how, how to word that, how to envision it, and how to grasp it. Like, what does that mean exactly? So you can look back in the archives of Sue Free's show. And you can look up 14 years. Yes, I said it. 14 years of radio shows pretty amazing i i just uh it's beyond me and definitely it's the lord so psalm 103 know that the lord is god it is he who made us and we are his we are his people the sheep of his pasture first john 4 1 i'd like to give the address because if you are getting in touch with the bible and you want to understand how to look up scriptures i want to help you with that because you go oh my gosh i love that scripture i want to remember that scripture i need to write it down but i'm driving i can't just remember uh the the address i call it the address in the bible and if you just get that in your head then you'll you'll be able to find it first john 4 1 dear friends do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from god because many false prophets have gone out into the world Colossians 4, 5, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Now, that's, that's really good, isn't it? And we could all do that, right? We need to be wise with everyone, not just with an outsider, but we need to be wise with everyone we come in contact with. You never know who's watching you. And parents just know your children, they might act like they're not watching you and they could care less about what you're doing. They are paying a very close attention to everything you're doing. If you walk in the house and you're upset, if you walk in the house and don't greet your spouse, their mom, their dad with loving kindness, they see that and they will mimic that. They will, you know, that will be what they think is the right thing to do when they get up and get married. So please role model. Okay, you're in a position of ministry. I never knew this. When I was married, I didn't really realize that marriage is a ministry. Do you realize that your marriage is a ministry, that you are ministering to each other and everyone that is part of your family unit? And that's a ripple effect. It goes way deep out, way, way, way. And so understand that your ministry is right there. Your first ministry is your home. And how are you doing? 
Are you being a good ambassador of Christ? Are you ministering to those that you come in contact with? And when you put yourself in that type of category, it's like being the teacher in the classroom. The teacher always studies harder and always has to know more about that subject than everybody's teaching, right? So you're the minister. You're, you're God in the flesh. You're Christ. And your children are seeing how you act, how you respond to them and to those that they come in contact with. How are you doing? Now, I know for me, I could always improve because I have, I have um, hiccups in my brain. I have hiccups in my mind of what I should be doing. And I'll go, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I can't take it back. I can say I'm sorry. If I made a mistake, I'm going to say I'm sorry because we need to humble ourselves and take responsibility for our actions. Do we not? But to go above and beyond that, can we use that as a teaching lesson for those that have seen that, okay, I made a mistake. I'm sorry I made the mistake. And this is why it was a mistake. And this is what I should have done instead of that. So next time I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to remember this, that next time, if this happens again, my response is going to be different this time than it was last time. Now, would you say that's better than you were before? I would say yes. I would say yes, that, that we are working towards a better me, a better you. By doing that. And that is a goal, right? <sighs> Jeremiah 8.20, the harvest is past, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. How much time is going to pass before you realize what God is wanting for your life, that you have a purpose you were designed and created for? How long are you going to wait? And we don't have any promise of tomorrow. I tell people all the time that are in relationship, they're in marriage, and I'll say this is no dress rehearsal. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is all we have. You know, so don't just keep putting off what you don't need to put off. Those fierce conversations you need to be having, that was another show I did, and it was excellent. The Holy Spirit was totally there. But fierce conversations, how many of you have held off and held off and rethought and rethought how to deliver this message? And then you finally do it. There's a new understanding. There's, there's just something new in that relationship, and you're kicking yourself because you waited so long to have this tough conversation that you wish you would have said it a lot sooner. That's what I said on that, on that day. I said, man, there's so many times that I'm, you know, going over my head. What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? You know, got timing's just got to be right. And yes, you're, there's some, there's some wisdom there with timing and people need to be fed. You know, you don't want hungry, sleepy people. You want to have people that are fed. You want to have people that are not lacking sleep so that you can have a, a healthy conversation without all of those other things out there. Ezekiel 319, but if you do warn the wicked man and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his evil ways, he will die for his sin, but you will have saved yourself. Okay, so that that's kind of a good work there. It's saying that, you know, you, you do need to open up. You need to have those fierce conversations. The Lord is asking you to do that, right? Galatians 513, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Boy, I like that scripture. I need to put that one up. That's really a good one. Here's another one for you. Second Timothy 4, 2. Preach the word, be prepared in season, and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. That is so tough to do sometimes because you can come off judgmental. So you have to be really careful how you deliver that loving message because you want to do it in love. You know, it's saying to correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Pray about it first for sure. 
make sure you've you know you've slept on it, you've prayed on it, but then yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. Hebrews 4, 6. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience. See, we can't fix. We can't pull. We can't, we can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. You know, wives, realize that. You cannot make your husband do something that they, your husband doesn't want to do. Uh, you can you can rebuke, you can um, encourage, you can speak with love, but understand that they still have a choice and they will be held accountable. You know that? That God puts the man in the headship. He is the, the, the lead board of directors. He's the head of the board of directors and he needs to make that final decision. And hopefully he understands the wisdom that comes from his wife because it talks about that in the Bible, that he should take into consideration her wisdom but he is the one that is supposed to make the final decision and she is to submit and love her husband be a blessing to someone each and every day god bless you until next week and share this show would you thank you bye it's a time of the year when Bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.